Well, happy Pentecost Sunday. I pray that you're well and that you're being blessed right now. We're going to get straight into the Word of God. The title of the sermon is All Together in One Place. And so if you have your Bibles, why don't you turn with me to Acts 2. We're going to be looking at verses 1 through 4 with a little bit of a focus on the words all together in one place. I'm reading the ESV translation. When the day of Pentecost arrived and they were all together in one place. And suddenly there came from heaven a sound like a mighty rushing wind and it filled the entire house where they were sitting and divided tongues as a fire appeared to them and rested on each one of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. So we can see very clearly here on Pentecost, and the same is true for us, that the power had descended upon the disciples. They were all gathered together in one place in that moment. But the context, I think, is important for us because the disciples at this point had been on a journey with Jesus. They had gone into Jerusalem with him. They had seen him being arrested. They had seen him turning over the tables in the temple. They had even seen people in Jerusalem calling for his death and they had also seen his ascension into heaven. And so we get to pick up the story in Acts 2 here. But it's important also that we recognize that Pentecost was first acknowledged in Deuteronomy 16. The church was gathered in one place and the Lord was present. And that same invitation is available to us. And the goal for us this afternoon is to enlarge our capacity and our understanding of the power of when two or three are gathered in his name, we know that we can celebrate the Pentecost power of the Holy Spirit operating in our lives. Now the disciples at this point are probably thinking they're going to have a similar interaction or a more familiar interaction with God than what they had been used to. Well, how wrong they were. Why? Because evidently things were now different. God used this defining moment ultimately to fulfill his perfect promise and sent the Holy Spirit on them. Now they were probably together praying, interceding, and yet this powerful rushing wind fills the house. Immediately tongues of fire rest on each and every one of them and they begin to speak uncontrollably in tongues. Now the setting in the natural sense would appear frankly pretty bizarre and pretty confusing to most of them. And the only logical conclusion that the crowds could think was that they must have been drunk. But then it's affirmed that what they were experiencing was the power of the Holy Spirit and that alone, no other element played a role. That's God's gift to the early church. Now, let us not forget as well that these disciples didn't exactly always agree with each other. They'd been arguing a little not too long before about which one of them was the greatest. But now we see a subsequent greater sense of unity and community amongst them and they are fostering trust in and through each other's lives. They were as one accord. And the psalmist reminds us in Psalm 133 verse 1 that God will bring a blessing when brothers dwell together in his name. Now, the mighty rushing wind came with great power. That would imply to us the impact and the influence of the Holy Spirit that he had on the hearts and minds of those men and therefore subsequently to us today in the world. Now, if we can thrive in a mighty rushing wind, then our hearts and minds are going to be very, very easily prepared for more calmer moments in our life. It's important also that we recognize that the Holy Spirit is like a roaring fire and will ultimately melt each and every one of our hearts and burn away the things that displease God, remove the things that don't bring Him honor and glory. It realigns 
and it redefines our heart and our life. When we allow the Holy Spirit to turn our hearts back towards the Father, back towards His kingdom, simply put, the Holy Spirit has the capacity to consume all our fears, all our hurts, all our wants and all our failures. And therefore these men became strong, powerful agents of change and they spoke as the Holy Spirit gave them utterance. That was their reality and the same is accessible and afforded to us today. And so the key is to properly position ourselves to be united, to be gathered for His purposes and that is what will attract the Spirit of the Living God in our lives. Why? Because His name brings power, purpose and presence into our lives. The Lord perpetually presents himself in and through his Holy Spirit. The kingdom is available to everyone and anyone can therefore testify to the good news of the gospel. Now, if you've ever seen an image of a hurricane, you will know what that looks like, right? It tears through a town, it tears through a city, and what does it do? It blows everything away, it clears everything away. Nobody can stop the power of a hurricane in the natural sense of it. Now we're talking about the power of the Holy Spirit. How much more can that transform and change our lives? Because ultimately the Holy Spirit has to consume all of us. There's no partiality. It, it is complete submission, complete control over to the Holy Spirit. And in those moments we see His power moving. And the Holy Spirit ultimately proves that God is with us, His people. The disciples at this point couldn't see God's presence the way that they could see Jesus when he was on earth, but they could certainly sense him in their hearts and in their minds. And they could also feel him when they knew that they were going to be required to do things that were difficult. They knew the Holy Spirit would be their great helper, their great enabler. And the same is true for us this afternoon. The Holy Spirit, simply put, cannot be stopped. God goes wherever he wants, just like a rushing wind. And it's important for us as strong Pentecostal Christians, that we do not allow ourselves to become numb to this portion of Scripture simply because we know it so well. That complacency can limit our awareness of God's presence in our lives and has the potential to rob us from the incredible events that accompany the Holy Spirit in our lives, which means we need to become more alert, we need to become more aware, more attuned to the moving of the Holy Spirit in our lives. That subsequently will increase our appetite, our desire and our heart for fresh moves of the Spirit in every part of our lives. As we surrender more and more of our hearts and lives over to Him, He then has full control. Now that said, if you read the scriptures there that we've read in Acts 2, you can see the disciples didn't seem to be surprised. Which presents us a bit of an interesting thought. Because you would think in that moment that they would be surprised. But it was very clear to them that Jesus is a man of his word. He had promised 10 days before that he would send the Holy Spirit, bang, and there it was in all its glory. And the same is true for us. We should never be surprised that the Holy Spirit is working in and through our lives. And I believe that we as Christians have done, will do, and will continue to experience lots of suddenly moments for us as Christians, where God breaks in to a situation, where God restores a relationship, where God breaks through financially, where God brings divine healing or deliverance to a situation. And I think in and through the Holy Spirit, all those things are possible. So let's keep our hearts open to what the Holy Spirit wants to do in and through our lives. Now, it's important to recognize that they were all together. When the church is gathered, the Lord is always present. 
He is present through the praise and the worship of his people, through the preaching of his word. And let's not forget, the disciples didn't have to imitate the Holy Spirit. They didn't have to artificially create an environment for the Holy Spirit to come. It seems that their biggest gift or the biggest attribute was simply being together in God's name. That's what attracted the Holy Spirit. And I think the same is true for us as Christians, particularly during this lockdown. Whether it's on Zoom or FaceTime, I believe that when we are gathered together in His name, He can come in power, He can come in majesty, and He can come in all His glory to transform and change our lives. And not just our lives, the lives of the people that we're called to reach with the good news of the gospel. And what it tells us is that we cannot manipulate the presence of the Holy Spirit. We just need to surrender, we just need to open up our hearts and our lives to Him. And so... Pentecost for us is very, very clear. It confirms to us that God's kingdom is open to every single person. There are no boundaries, no restrictions, and no limitations in terms of race, in terms of gender, in terms of financial status, social status. Now more than ever, that needs to be communicated and celebrated by the Church of Jesus Christ. Furthermore, I believe this is key, that God poured out His Spirit on all people, which means that nobody is exempt. The kingdom of God is for everyone, for the lost, for the hurting, the weak, the brokenhearted, for those that seemingly have everything and those that seemingly have absolutely nothing. Because unlike man, God does not discriminate. God loves us all equally and he longs to pour out his presence and his grace in our lives in ways that we can give him glory. And therefore, this is where the birth of the church was established. And so the overarching goal for us on Pentecost, now more than ever, is to proclaim and preach the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ to every single person that we encounter. And you will find in this pandemic that we find ourselves in, people are more open and more receptive now more than ever in this season. Which means, Pentecost, we've got to become fired up, we've got to be refueled, realigned, and refocused on the things of the kingdom and boldly declare the truth of Jesus Christ because he is the way the truth and the life and you see in this portion of scripture there's a few things for us to think about and to unpack and and highlight to us areas that we can focus on the first is God's expectations you know the gift of the Holy Spirit should always point us to what God's expectations are in our lives we need to allow ourselves to have the Holy Spirit operate and function in every sphere and part of our lives so that we can be empowered, equipped, enriched and energized for the work that he has given to us. Which means to understand God's expectations, we need to briefly take a minute to examine the context of Acts 2. We can see throughout Acts 1 that Judas is being replaced as a, as a disciple in this moment, and we, the scriptures very clearly show us that disciples had prayed about that, and that they had covered that decision in prayer, which would indicate to us that they were led by the Holy Spirit. But I think what's more important is the last five verses of Acts 2, right towards the end, verses 42 through 47, we see references about the fellowship of the believers. And it is a timely and a very clear snapshot of how the early church lived in unity and community with one another, gathering together, working together, living together. And I think verse 44 stands out for me as very applicable in our life today. It declares in ESV version, And all who believed were together, and all had things in common. Now, what that's interesting for us, because 
these verses emerge immediately after Pentecost. So I think it would be safe for us as Christians to attest that the Holy Spirit has fueled this focus on community and us being together with commonality of goal and focus. In the modern language, simply put, the Holy Spirit has shown to us how to do life. You know, that's a millennial phrase. How to do life together. The early church modeled it for us. That is the expectation that God has of us. And that is also an expectation that can subsequently become reality when we align ourselves with God's expectation and God's standards. And we can see the fruitfulness. It's outlined for us in verses 42 through 47. Simply put, when the Holy Spirit is within you, God's expectations become your reality, which means that the coldness, the lethargy, the tiredness that might be in our hearts and minds to the things of the kingdom are immediately dismissed. And we, as we embrace him, we can bring about a renewed sense of focus and purpose and excitement that will transform our lives, shape communities and extend the kingdom of God. Which leads me to my next point. I think God's power is clearly evident here in Acts 2. We read in Acts 1 verse 8, But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and all of Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. Very interesting there in Acts 1. Only one attribute is afforded to us, power. But not our power in the sense of the world's definition of power or what we might think, God's power. And that's what we need to lean into because we cannot resist God's power. We cannot limit it. We can't control it. We can't define it. We have to give up our right to even understand the totality of God's power in our lives. But it's clear that God's power emerges from our weakness, not our self-effort, but from a place of weakness in who we are in Christ. 2 Corinthians 12, 9 to 11 tells us that he said to me, my grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, I will boast all the more gladly of my weakness, so that the power of Christ may rest upon me. For the sake of Christ, then, I am content with weakness, insults, hardships, persecutions, and calamity. For when I am weak, then I am strong. You know, let's be clear. The church may have lost some of its voice in the marketplace right now because we've tried an autocratic, self-seeking approach to penetrating every area of society with the gospel. I want to suggest that we need to get back as a church to becoming the prophetic voice that will help shape and define the nation of the United Kingdom and right across every country in the world because we're never going to win people to Christ by strong-arming them and shaming them with our self-promotion and self-effort. We are most effective, most potent, when we connect people to the power and the love of God that is living and existing within our lives. And that way we're able to point people to the cross of Calvary as a way of life on how to live. Which means we as believers in KTLCC are most powerful and most effective when we lead our lives under the leading of the Holy Spirit that is operating in our lives. And that reminds me of an old Hillsong worship song that's simply called The Same Power. The words go something like this. The same power that conquered the grave lives in me, lives in me. Your love that rescued the earth lives in me. It's God's love and it's his power that's going to connect people to him, not anything else. 
And so the Holy Spirit will always generate fresh opportunities and expectations of God's power in our lives. And so it's about putting him on display, not ourselves. Which leads me to my third and final point for us this afternoon. God's word itself. The Holy Spirit empowers us to declare God's word. Don't forget, we can read in Acts 2 that the silence was broken. These guys were silent, or it certainly indicates in the scriptures that they were silent. And that was broken when they began to speak in tongues. The church, through the Holy Spirit, now has something powerful and effective to say. Now more than ever, we cannot be silent about our faith. Make a decision in your heart this Pentecost Sunday that you will be a fired up evangelist, that you will go out and testify of the gospel of Jesus Christ, that you will work ways and strategies to lead people into the kingdom through what God has made and done in and through your life. Let me be very, very clear this afternoon. We, as a church of Jesus Christ, have a message, not simply that we need to be aware of, not simply that we should even memorize or even know about. We have a message that we need to boldly declare and proclaim at every single opportunity. Now, the power of the Holy Spirit is not reserved simply for those in church, but it is available to everyone in the entire world. We all need to experience the weighty, tangible sense of the Holy Spirit. And I implore you, now more than ever, be missional-minded. Have a mission focus in your heart. All together, as one, we seek to penetrate London and the world for Christ. That is the mission statement of Kensington Temple. It's a goal, it's a, it's a heart cry of the senior leader, Pastor Colin, for many years. And it's our job, it's our role as Christians to reach out with the good news. And that has to become the focus and the epicenter of everything that we seek to do under the leading of the Holy Spirit. Because where God's expectations, God's power and God's word all converge as one, we can ultimately encourage others and share our story and share the gospel. Because then we have a platform, we have a voice, we have a place of influence. And more importantly, we also have the infallible word of God to declare to people's lives that is broken and fallen. And so what have we ultimately learned today? We've learned that the Holy Spirit is not an optional extra for the elders in the church. It's available to everyone. Amen? The church is now working in and through, connected to the Holy Spirit in ways that will bring restoration and renewal to creation. Pentecost, we even know, is part of the first fruits of the new creation. But we should remind ourselves this afternoon of God's expectations. We must expect the Holy Spirit to empower and equip us so that we can be spirit-led kingdom-focused Christians who have a heart for lifelong discipleship. And so our job this Pentecost Sunday is simple. It hasn't changed. We must continue to share the good news of Jesus Christ. We must continue to point others to the cross of Calvary. The Holy Spirit is our great enabler, our great encourager, and He will pour out His Spirit without measure over every part of our lives. And I believe as we open ourselves up to the Holy Spirit, that there will be divine connections, there will be divine appointments emerging in the coming days and weeks as we position and plant ourselves to receive all that we need from the Holy Spirit on who to connect to, how to connect, the words, the language, the tone, everything will be shaped and orchestrated by Him. Simply put, friends, we are the vessels that God uses and we have to be active participants, not passive spectators. Because exactly why God is a mighty rushing wind. God brought his disciples to himself through the power, through the honourable power of the Holy Spirit to bring even the hardest situations we can find 
we can overcome because we have the power that conquered the grave living inside of us. And so boldness has to emerge from our hearts and minds. Courage, strength, authority. Remind yourself, Matthew 28, all authority on heaven and earth has been given to us. And I think for most of us as Christians, we're aware of that, but we don't know how to steward it. I encourage you, lean in to more of the Holy Spirit and he will direct your path. He will show you how to wield the authority that you have been given. Because we can do all things through him. And that's our job description. So we don't have any excuses this afternoon. Let's remember the title of the sermon. All together in one place. God made the church as the disciples gathered together. And he didn't just visit them. He stayed with them. God came to make Jesus' followers into the church. And God is doing the exact same thing for us today. And the Holy Spirit is still with us. God came in his majesty, God came in his power to embolden us, to form the church. There is limitless power in unity and being gathered together in his name brings about God's blessings in every part of our lives. Because when we become missional minded, when we carry that apostolic calling and we remind ourselves even in Kensington Temple of the rich history and the rich heritage, we can become all that we are required to be as Christians. Never forget London and the world for Christ. That is our mission statement. And here at KT, we should be known not just as a Pentecostal church, we should be known as a Pentecostal church that knows the power of the Holy Spirit operating successfully in the lives of every single member, right from the top of the leadership, all the way through every cell group and every downline, every net, every group of people. Why? Because where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom and there is liberty and there is joy and there is purpose. And so I pray that that word has blessed you abundantly this afternoon. Lean into more of the Holy Spirit. Align your heart with his. Remind yourself of God's word. Press into the power of God. And you will see divine favor as your portion. And therefore, you will achieve your high calling in Christ because you have the Holy Spirit in you and working through you. In Jesus' name, amen.